everyone. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Jordi Mueller, and we are today in the Empower Women series of June. It's crazy that we're already in June 2018. And uh, today we're very lucky to have two guests, not just one with us. We have Kate Grundin, which comes from Home Transition Resource, and also her senior vice president, Ellen Sullivan. And they actually were able to join us in our last event in the spring, which is Inflection, where they were part of a panel. Uh, Kate was part of a panel to talk about basically the everything in the ins and outs of those difficult moments of changing homes, the emotional aspects of it, the logistics, little tips of what we can start doing today. So today we were able to have her host in the Empower Women series. And from what I heard so far, it was a great one. It was great. How are you doing, Kate? Good. How are you, Jordi? Thank you for taking the time. Um, uh, for those who don't know you, I want to start with a very basic question, uh, which I myself find uh, asking myself a few years ago. What is home transition as an industry? I didn't know what, honestly, what the hell it was. So I asked, uh, what was your passion a, a couple of years ago? And I learned that it started with a family situation on your own. And I was very kind of moved by it. And then it became a whole thing, like an actual full-time job. I don't know if you want to share a little bit of how you started in this industry. Sure, sure. Well, I don't think you're alone because a lot of people don't know about the industry. It's very young. And um, I started out, it was a personal experience that I had with my own um, parents who were 83 years old and they were paring down their positions from a home that they had lived in for over 60 years. So it's uh, it was uh, quite a task. But the thing that was weighing heavily, most heavy on their minds was a book collection of my dad's. And um, so we started tackling that. With my help, they couldn't, um, they couldn't have done it themselves. But with my help, we started tackling that project. And what I realized was that it actually became an enjoyable pro project for my dad. It started out overwhelming, but it became enjoyable. And so that was sort of an aha moment for me during that process. And then I realized that, you know, there had to be a better way um, because there weren't a lot of resources and there wasn't um, a sort of a guidebook for me. Yeah. So I built a better way and uh, thought that I had a brand new idea, but there's actually a national association of senior move managers. And so um, quickly got involved yeah. uh, with that organization. I would imagine just because of the nature of a lot of the situations that bring you to this point in life of like transitioning a home, uh, that's why it's not a known business. It becomes so customized to whoever the client is that it's hard to replicate and do big scale. But when I first started interacting with your company, I realized that there's a lot of stages that just happen all the time. That's correct. So uh, I, I myself find uh, currently in that situation of my parents trying to get rid of the home I grew up and then me and my sister trying to fight of the things that are going to be for each other. And uh, then suddenly we realize none of us are getting anything, so it's fine. <laughs> but but I, I can totally see how this could be a really emotional process for whoever is going through it. It's definitely emotional, and I think that that part, the emotional component is part of what keeps people from sort of going through it, because it's difficult to to start. It's difficult to know. It's overwhelming. The process really is overwhelming. And, um, and I don't know how people do it without, you know, professional help, which is why, you know, this industry is growing so much um, and more and more people that hear about it and understand what it is we can do and how we can help, um, the more people are utilizing our services. So I have a basic question. When do people come to you? Like, can you, I don't know if you can go through a couple of situations or maybe all the scenarios or that that you face on a daily basis where clients just start reaching out to you? Because I don't even know when to start this process. Yeah, so, um, it, you know, in the beginning, we were getting uh, referrals from 
senior communities um, that were you know, providing an alternative to um, independent living. And so we get a lot of our referrals from people who are in the industry working with seniors and that their housing options. So we did a lot of marketing um, to those people. Now it's a lot of word of mouth, um, and we're branching out to working with realtors who also come in contact with people who are transitioning, and um, elder law attorneys, and financial advisors, and people who, the more they hear about this type of service, um, identify people who are really in need of it, and bringing them to uh, be educated about it. Do you happen to spend now time uh, coaching and teaching not necessarily the end client, which would be the person that is actually moving, but the people that are interacted with those clients? Um, yes. So it, our approach is really a team approach. So yes, we our client is our our main priority, but there are so many other people involved that make a make or break um, a successful transition that we involve everyone. It's really important that it is a team effort, um, but it's also important for the client to know that this is their transition and they're really the boss. They're really the one in charge. So, so I want to get a little more detail on that and and the reason why I, I want to do this is because we've had discussed this in previous situations and I know the answer the client needs to understand that it's their home it's their decision ultimately but one thing that I like about your process specifically that you have brought to at least the clients that we have in common is that you include the conversation of the kids include the conversation of other family members and consider it but it's not the ultimate decision that's correct. I mean, it's just important to know who's involved um, because at any point someone be- can become involved or withdraw themselves. So it's just important for us to know who the players are, but to remain focused on our client and really you know, be an advocate for them. If, if you could uh, uh, help the listeners kind of like try to identify themselves with who you are helping currently, um, could you describe a couple of like personas that, that would exemplify your clients? I mean, somebody going through a dead in the family, somebody that is trying to downsize. I have no idea. Exactly. I mean, we work with um, people who are um, in the bereavement process, people who are cleaning out the estate of a loved one, um, estates that have lots of possessions and multiple family members. We work with attorneys to help that division process. And um, once decisions are made, we help to execute on um, getting those items to where they're supposed to go or helping the family sell those items if that's what their decision is. So, and, and another piece of that is putting their estate on the market, you know, selling the estate and getting it ready for the market. And lots of times that's a big job in and of itself. So our services just encompass, you know, a, a full range. And um, we just want to make sure that we touch on everything that has to do with their transition to make it easy for the family. Um, when does it end? What's the last step that you do when so, you say I'm done? Uh, with a particular job. So yeah. um, if we're moving somebody, it's it's when we have unpacked and put away all of their possessions and resettled their home. Oh my God, I still haven't <laughs> unpacked mine in place. So. <laughs> so true. I you'd hope be, you're not in a retainer. <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people we have that have boxes that have made two moves without being opened. Um, but, um, but yes. So, so, so let me... Let me talk about that exactly. So, so you just mentioned there's, there's people that go through two moves without opening. 
what does that mean about that particular box? Well, at this point, it probably means they don't know what's in it, but it's uh, an indication that someone uh, doesn't have a good sense for what they want and what they don't want, or that they haven't taken the time to make the decision about a particular item, because obviously someone moved something that they didn't need to have. I'm seeing Ellen's face here. He's like, yep, I agree with that. Is there anything you would like to add? It's so true. And a lot of times we understand that people can't make all the decisions at the time of the move. So we'll actually prioritize boxes so that if we know they're taking a third more to their kitchen that they just can't part with, the kitchen is the heart of the home. A lot of times they haven't been able to visualize and envision their new lifestyle. They don't need, you know, six muffin tins anymore. They don't need all of these extra things. But in terms of the unpack and knowing that if we unpack all of those boxes, they're not going to be able to access anything. So let's do a priority unpack, and then let's look at those boxes that remain. And maybe they're going to take a look at the remaining items differently, whether they'll be willing to just set them aside for, for a little bit and maybe donate them at, at another point. Is, is that why you think we have become a little bit of a society of like collection like we don't like just keep stuff we without... are a nation of consumers <laughs> and we're coming out of um, a post-war for those elderly that we are moving um, post-war mentality that they were uh, at one point possibly on rations so we are they were keeping everything and um, not getting rid of very much you know all of their things and enough of the things I should say Uh, Kate, I don't know if you want to talk a second about the book you gave away today to everybody that came, because I think it touches on one topic, which is, does the stuff I own brings me any kind of value to my current life? Exactly. So the book is The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And um, I guess the one main sort of um, principle is if an item does not spark joy for you when you look at it and touch it and feel it, then uh, perhaps it doesn't make the cut and it is something that you should get rid of. So it's one way to help you with the decision-making process when you're going through your things. Ask yourself, does this spark joy? Am I happy about this object? And if it doesn't, is there a better use for that object than being in your house? Can someone else use that? object? Would it make you feel better if you were to donate that to the charity of your choice? Um, Would that spark joy for you? So, you know, it's it's a great book um, to get you, to launch you into your project because it's It gives you a lot to think about, and it's very no-nonsense, very um, practical advice. Um, it, it can, I'm assuming it can go both ways when you're trying to get rid of stuff. Like you can actually find the closure with any kind of object or possession that you have, but sometimes you can also find love to things that you thought you didn't have anymore, or you forgot about them. And um, I personally identify with this particular part. My dad actually was the guy that uh, moving houses brought him to open a couple of boxes with a lot of photographs. And he said, what's going to happen with this photographs if I don't digitalize them? So he went through the process, I would say, for almost three years or so. Yeah. And just finished this last Christmas digitalizing. And he was able to share it with, in a share album with everybody. So now everybody has those photos from the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, which is great, right? But it all started with a move. Yeah. Moving houses. 
and one of those boxes that hasn't been open in like I don't know how many decades had a lot of pictures and video recordings. So so I can see it working both ways. Have you had any example of something that suddenly just comes back to life and becomes important? Well, absolutely. There's you know times when we'll open up a box and there'll be jewelry in it that. You know, someone may not want the jewelry any longer, but they can sell that jewelry, which, you know, brings them revenue to offset the cost of their move. I'm not going to so. find one of those boxes in my house. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yes, there are. But you, you, you never go, you never just get rid of a box. You get rid of the items in the box. So you're always, even if it's been packed for three years or for, you know, two moves, you still need to go through the box. And um, and if, it, if something's in the box that you've forgotten about, great. That's the joy in the process. And if it's, you know, pure junk and you really didn't need it to begin with, then great. We've addressed it and it's not going to make another move. So do you guys uh, also help people once once, for example, they decide to start donating stuff? Do you help through the process of the actual donation or do you just kind of like segregate and box that out? No, we help them execute. We we bring it to donation if we have to. Okay, I think we should we kill them friends. You do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. So, and and I'm assuming that's a popular thing in particular in this area with a lot of houses coming from hundreds and hundreds of years, generation after generation. Stuff just gets boxed and packed. Exactly, and there's lots of wonderful charities yeah. um, in this area, and uh, we're able to form relationships with a lot of them. So it makes it a really nice process when we're working with our clients. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask one last question, which I think is the most practical question because uh, I, I love learning about what you guys do, but it, a lot of people are going to listen to this and going to say, it's 10 years from me or in 20 years, I'll start thinking of this. And when my kids leave to college, I'll start thinking of this. Is there anything that we can start doing tomorrow to help this process? Sure. Um, <laughs> Ellen just so grabbed much, the microphone. So we can do. I think, you know, first and foremost, I think, you know, thinking about the areas less traveled in your home, uh, whether it's an attic or a basement or a garage, really start looking at it with a different lens. Yeah. You know, we pass by all our areas of our homes and we just we're accustomed to just kind of knowing what's there in our periphery and, and it, we don't think about it. But go in with a different lens, with a different eye and see, wow, have I been using that? Is that just a corner that I just pass every day and it's not I'm not utilizing it, it's not purposeful, it's not functioning for me and just see what's going on and see if you can start clearing out from under the burden of some of these areas that are so heavily and thick settled. You should trademark that phrase, the areas less travel in your home. Yeah. How about you, Kate? Well, I was just going to say, in addition to that, it's like remove something from that space. Just taking something from its regular space allows you to see it differently. So if it's something in the dining room, bring it into the kitchen and open it up and you will see, you, you will have a different perspective on it just by doing that. So, you know, anyone can do that at any time. And we all have have things that we can start doing today. I, I don't. I don't care who you are. Everybody has something that they can downsize. Everybody has a junk drawer. Everybody has a closet with maybe too much stuff in it. Um, you know, everybody has a basement area that you know might need a little help. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. What we're going to be doing is we're going to share your information, the notes of this podcast. Uh, we're also going to have a little bit of a one pager takeaway with a summary of our discussion. So, so everybody listening can print it, share it with whoever they want. And, uh, so thank you so much for your time, Kate and Ellen. Thank uh, you, Jordy. We're going to, we're going to be, uh, definitely seeing you again. I can guarantee you that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. And, uh, until next time, this was the Empower Women series of June and follow us and subscribe on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram. Thank you.